0: Welcome to the PlayStation Report, uh, I'm Frank, joining me is Tyler, hey, uh, hey, hey, and we got we got a lot of stuff to get through today, um, all the F1 chat, all the racing that we're going to talk about I'm going to put at the end of the episode, Tyler, do you know if you want to talk about the racing right away and I cut it and put it at the end or do you want to just talk about it at the end, Is how do you want to do this?
1: Oh, uh, let, let's get into the video games. We'll talk Ray Smith
0: Okay, cool. All right, then. Let's get into the video games, of which there is plenty to talk about news-wise. Uh, as far as what we've played, however, I'm not so sure I have too terribly much um, outside of, you know, the usual suspects now, Elden Ring and Gran Turismo 7. But Tyler, do you have anything you'd like to talk about?
1: Um... Nothing too spectacular, I've kind of been playing the same stuff as well, so uh, continuing with Horizon, um, about 18 and a half hours into that game now, uh, still plenty left to do, Uh, just kind of been taking care of some uh, side quests, which the side quests are just so much better in this game compared to the first one, which that was definitely a weak spot. Of the first one, um, they're not like the best side quest I've ever seen in an RPG or anything like that, but they're they're much better, which is great. Um, they have these things in this game now called gauntlet runs, which you know you can hack machines and override them. Uh, you could do this in the first uh, Horizon as well, and then you ride that machine. Uh, but they put racing in the game with machines and there's like power up sort of on the tracks and you can take out the other riders and it's uh it's kind of slick uh doesn't control very well but it's it's pretty fun overall uh, you know we, we love a racing here so we do love know racing you know, here. i'll take a fucking horizon racing spinoff game why not <laughs> so that that was kind of unexpected. I actually wouldn't.
0: I wouldn't take a Verizon <laughs> spin-off racing game, considering the other racing franchises that are kind of in the mud at the moment.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, that that was that was fun. You know, the world world's very very cool. Uh, still, really uh, enjoying exploring it. The one thing that I'm kind of running into right now is is pretty. You know, deep into the game at this point, I'm level 22 overall. I think the cap is 50. Um, There's two pieces to this. One, I need to find better armor and weapons to upgrade myself because I feel kind of weak, which is weird. I didn't really feel that in the first game. Um, But it does kind of add an extra layer of fun to the combat because it does make it a little bit more challenging. But then on top of that, the game... With leveling, it's kind of strange with some of the missions. Um, I did a mission where it the recommended level was level 18. I was 21 at the time. And at the end of the mission, I'm running into a level 30 Thunderjaw that I have to kill. And if you remember the Thunderjaws from the first game, I mean, they're huge. And they're one of the hardest uh, machines to take out. And I'm like... Since when in the fuck is this a level eighteen quest? And it was a total pain in the ass. Probably the hardest thing I've I've run into in the game so far. But so just kind of some weird situations like that. But yeah, not too much else to say about that. Um, I have played more Gran Most Seven. Okay. Um, finally, so I'm just kind of trucking along with the campaign. Really, just enjoying uh, racing different cars different tracks and the license center stuff is so fun, dude. I I love seeing your lap your times up there for some of this stuff. Cause it just uh-huh. adds that extra layer of competition to it. Um and there's plenty of times where I have gotten, you know, gold or silver and I'm like, whatever, I'll just move on. But I'm like, you know what? I think I can get closer to Frank's time. And okay. Uh, there's, there's a couple that I'm up on you by, you know, two tenths. I'll I'll have to go check,
0: check back on that.
1: Yeah. But I think it was, man, I forget which license I was going for. I think it was the second one overall. And there's a couple of spots at Monza that they have you test. Yeah. Um, Dude, no matter how hard I tried, I could not even get close to your times. I'm like five or six tenths off of what you did. I'm like. (laughs) What the fuck? Like I know you're, you're using a racing wheel and stuff. It should be kind of a given that you'll have a better time than me overall. But that 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 aspect of it is just so much fun. I've I've indo- I've really enjoyed going after those things.
0: Yeah, I probably also run with a lot less uh, traction control than you do. Probably, yeah. Pro- because just because I have all that. Uh... Oh, well, the, the range of motion with with the uh, with the gas and the brakes. Just right. I, I, I don't. I don't need the traction control. I can kind of feather my way through it a lot easier.
1: I think I'm running with some traction control, but I don't have like the uh, braking assist stuff on. So yeah. like that's all. All that's all on me. But you racing with a wheel and a pedal, you'll have a way better feel than that. With that than me on a controller. So. So yeah, uh, that that stuff's just, it's a blast. And it, it, it's honestly kind of neat, just... You, you think about, like, playing so many racing games and, you know, more simulation-type games and stuff, and you're like, do I really need to do this? Like, practice this corner? But it does honestly kind of help you in, in its overall, like, way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Um, so yeah, I'm just playing along with the campaign really for right now um in, in enjoying myself but and we uh, we can either talk about it now or later I, there are some pretty fundamental problems with the game that are out there i haven't experienced them myself because i think i'm just sticking to the campaign right now but um how's how's your grand turismo 7 experience been i mean i likewise
0: i have been just going through a lot of the uh, menu book stuff um I have tried my hand at some more of the missions. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I'm having a good time with this video game, but there are serious fucking problems. Um, yes. Like, I t- I talked... To, like, what I talked about on the last episode, which was a, l- a little while back, was only, like, the surface of the problem when they tried to push through a patch and the game was down for
1: 30 hours. Right. It, it seems like from there, like... Things have just been really piling on with this game of some of the very glaring issues that weren't there at launch. Because their microtransactions were not there at launch, though, right? They They added that later.
0: No, the microtransactions were there at launch. Okay. It's just that uh, while the in-game economy was bad to begin with, payouts were not very great,
1: Um, that patch made them even fucking worse. Right exactly they like turned down some of the higher paying races in terms of credits they nerfed the shit out of them
0: yeah so it is either an extreme like it it was always a grind to get to the higher end cars now they've made that grind seemingly like i don't know like it feels like padding for the game so that they can like get more content out before you've unlocked all the cars it is what it feels like, or you just hand hand you hand them some fucking money. That, that's right. that's what it sounds like they want you to do is hand them some fucking money if you want to get into all the cars.
1: Yeah, and they put out like a weird statement of of like, some of these cars are incredibly expensive in real world money, like up to forty dollars, and they're saying like, well, we want uh, the value of that car to reflect the real value of it in the real world. Like, if you want to buy it, I'm like, it's a fucking video game, dude. Like, that is... That makes no fucking sense at all to me, uh, personally. Yes. It's just bizarre. I just couldn't... I, when I read that, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, you're, you're just smelling your own farts, dude. Yeah, You're making <laughs> shit
0: up, like, fucking... Like, oh, man. I get it. They pay a lot of... They love their cars, they pay a lot of attention to their car, detail to their cars and these are great models of these cars. Let me drive them. Let me enjoy this game and I don't want it to be like, oh, I just have a shit ton of cars and I don't and I I don't like I don't know a damn thing about any of them, which is kind of what Forza is like, Mm -hmm. is I have so many fucking cars that I'm not even gonna even attempt to drive them all um but there's there's got to be a middle ground there somewhere for for Gran Turismo to sit um because like i i do like the presentation of these vehicles i do like the feeling that you're progressing through different types and classes of cars and learning a little bit about the history of these cars it i i, I like that bullshit that bullshit is really cool the bullshit that isn't cool is hey if i actually want to learn about some of like these old racing cars like from like these 60s and 70s Le Mans cars like come on I want to fucking know what what they were driving around into a forest and hoping was coming back (laughs) like (laughs) um yeah I mean it's it's really frustrating because I, I think there is a good game there that is just hampered by some of these decisions that they've made definitely um Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just get into the news about it real quick. It's gone so bad for them that they've decided that they're going to uh, issue a patch that's going to address the in-game economy that's going to be coming in April. Um, They've also handed everyone a stack of one million credits, which is like... I guess in their in their eyes that's ten dollars because that's what one million credits is worth. oh wow, you can only I buy that. with twenty dollars one million credits and get like you've said earlier there are some car cars where by that logic, oh these are forty dollar fucking cars like I don't want to be thinking about the value of my cars alongside real world money like that yeah. that I could could be spending to get them in a fucking video game great
1: yes totally totally agree like I
0: mean this it isn't a crypto thing but this brings me back to the crypto and NFT thing I don't want to be thinking about every single thing in my life as an investment Mm -hmm. like it's just I don't want my life to be run like that that's fucking a nightmare
1: yeah it is (sighs) no dude I I completely agree with (laughs) everything you're saying um. Yeah, it seems like what they're yeah. If you log in before April twenty fifth, you'll get all these credits. But um, seems like they're going to increase rewards in the latter half of the world circuits by approximately one hundred percent on average, mm. and a bunch of other things too. But yeah, but I'm I'm totally with you. Of like, if you play a Forza Motorsport or a Forza Horizon game. They give you so many cars that you don't even know what to do with, with mm-hmm. them, and I I probably end up just driving a handful when I play those games, uh. And mm-hmm. and Gran Turismo is just different. I I legitimately want to drive different cars, but there's definitely like a, a balance there between getting too many too quickly and then just it being a complete grind fest to get anything, uh. So. Hopefully, hopefully, this update in April will will fix a lot of that. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, the other story here is that uh, players basically found an exploit to just farm races uh, by yeah. kind of not even playing the game. <laughs> yeah,
0: like this is a very, I think this is a very cool thing. <laughs> It's not cool that people have to do this to, like, farm credits, but I think it's cool that this can be done. Um, So basically what players are doing is uh, loading up Gran Turismo 7 on PlayStation Now and running a script that'll run a race for them. And it'll repeat that race and earn credits while you can go off and do literally anything else with your life. Um, So yeah. Right. I mean, this isn't explicitly against any sort of rules. But when you think about the fact that they're selling in-game credits for money, and you put it alongside of running a script on your computer to play the game for you to earn that money, it's just, it gets into kind of a gray area where you don't know what Sony or PlayStation's going to do about this. Yeah.
1: Right, there Because is
0: ultimately a... they fucked up in the first place by making the ga- yes. currency that you earn in-game also the currency you buy on the store.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I was just about to say. Like, There's a total risk here for people doing that, but they shouldn't be needing to do that in the first place. The game should just have been better balanced from the start.
0: Or if you wanted to have people pay $40 to get a car um, and still have your in-game economy to be bad, the payouts to be bad, what you do is you create a separate currency that you can't earn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is it... which would be the, like, I mean, I don't know if that's better or worse. Like, that's, it's, it's all bad. Like, th- just, like, the valuations of buying these cars in-game is just, like, I don't know why anyone would buy a video game car for $40. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why you would do that. Totally, that agree. just seems that that's more than half
1: the price of the game to buy a single car, right? And I think there's a couple other kind of thoughts I have to this. Is one we talked about a story a few weeks ago where Sony wants to do ten live service games by like 2026, and you know, hopefully they can learn a lot from this experience right here because if some of these live service games that might come down the road have completely fucked up uh, progression and and monetization on top of that. Then uh, that's not going to be very good for them um, to have this sort of backlash with every single one of those games. So I think this is going to be a huge learning experience for Sony uh, in particular. But two, like for a first party game in a really important one, Gran Turismo is huge, you know. To not, and I know they they did all all these companies do like to not like focus test this like enough. Like, did this not come up when they were focus testing this game of like, oh, dude, the grinding's just it's bad. Like the amount of credits you're getting is is not good, and and all that stuff. Like, I just can't believe they kind of didn't didn't catch this stuff. Um, because to me, like. It, and there really isn't any of those things, but, like, Horizon is a game that is so fucking polished, uh, it's kind of insane. Um, and to not not have that here is kind of weird, being a big first-party release. Mm. Yeah.
0: <sighs> it's, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. I mean, I just... <sighs> I hope they can fix Gran Turismo 7, because I... I... I'm going to keep playing it regardless because I just like racing games and you know what if I can only buy a handful of cars I'll just deal with that but I'd like to be able to buy like some of the higher end stuff you know to to see what that end of like I I, I like all of the uh the Gran Turismo concept cars they put in the game that like total bullshit and they perform like insanely like unrealistically but they're it, it's just a full. Co- it's it's a cool concept to see the see like their vision of race cars. It's it's yeah that that aren't actually. Uh, I mean, they work with manufacturers to bring to come up with these, but these cars are never going into production, right? Um, I, I I like race. I, I liked racing around in those cars in Gran Turismo Five and in Sport. I did a little bit too.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, there is a really good game underneath there. They just, they just gotta get this stuff, you know, figured out. Yeah. Uh... Um, the last thing that I got is just I played through uh, episode four of Life is Strange: True Colors, so only have one more left. Um, episode four is really short, uh, but there's some really good moments in there, um, especially the ending of that chapter really surprised me big cliffhanger there. Um, so, not don't want to spoil anything, so uh, yeah, gonna hopefully finish that this week. Okay. Really enjoying that game.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, as far as the other thing I've been playing other than Gran Turismo, it's Elden Ring. Elden Ring. I've been playing Elden Ring. Did I talk about beating a boss last time? I can't remember. Man, um, I can't remember either. <laughs> But I beat a boss, uh, Radon, uh, the Star Scourge. Um, He's a motherfucker. Um, But that fight is really fun because you get to summon a lot of characters into it. Uh, It's, yeah, it's really cool. It's a very cool fight. Uh, Definitely use those summons. Definitely, like, cheese the shit out of it. Um, And yeah, just having... Just seeing a lot of, seeing a lot of shit, Tyler. Just seeing a lot of uh, creepy shit, and uh, <laughs> loving every moment of it. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I'm awesome. hoping to beat that game this year. I don't know if it's gonna happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've just on various podcasts that I've been listening to, just hearing that. Uh, some of the endgame stuff, like people having to completely respect their character to beat certain bosses. Yeah. Uh, so, have you run into that yet at all, or or no?
0: I'm sure there were some bosses that would have been easier if I respect, but I haven't done it yet. Hmm. Uh, because okay. I'm a hard-headed piece of shit. <laughs> uh <laughs> Who like beats bosses like under leveled by like ten levels by the recommendations I see online, and uh, you know I'm just a gu- I'm just a good gamer. That's that's all there is to it. I am yeah. the- I'm a great gamer.
1: You are very good at getting kid- video games, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I never get mad at them ever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, that's that's all I've got, Tyler. Before we get into the news. I have to share something. I went to the grocery outlet bargain. The grocery, what, what is it called? Grocery, Gro- grocery outlet. outlet? Yeah, I went to the grocery outlet. Mm-hmm. And at the checkout, like right, you know how they have those little refrigerators full of drinks and stuff? Yes. There's this 99 cent energy drink called Venom Energy.
1: Oh, I've seen this. I've seen them.
0: This looks to be maybe the worst thing I'm about to drink. (laughs) This flavor is called the Mojave Rattler.
1: Whoa. Whoa. That sounds hard.
0: It's only 15 calories. Alright. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take a sip here. And maybe pour it down the drain if it's bad. <laughs> it I smells f- bad. It smells awful. It
1: smells. This smells terrible. Yeah, like what flavor is it supposed to be? Like what is the, <laughs> the rattler? It's grape. Okay.
0: Eh, it's not terrible. It kind of tastes like a grape soda. Okay. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard of it. Like, how much caffeine does this thing have? Let me see. It doesn't even... I'm not seeing a number here. Where's the number? Where's, the, where's Where are my milligrams of caffeine? Well, it's not telling me. It's not telling me how much caffeine's in this thing. Maybe I don't want to know. Yeah, no.
1: maybe.
0: Or maybe yeah, they're I'm just... Maybe it's just weak shit. Maybe, maybe that's... I don't know. We'll see here in a... Oh, 160. 160. Okay, so it is kind of... Eh, it's mid
1: yeah it's in the middle yeah I'm I'm drinking one a guy found at uh, the grocery store last night giant uh, Mm. from Starbucks oh Um, Starbucks I think they made energy drinks and then they kind of went away I guess they're back Uh, it's called Baya Energy from Starbucks pineapple passion fruit very delicious 160 milligrams Mm -hmm. caffeine Okay. Yeah. Getting me through the day.
0: Yeah. And uh, we're going to get through the news. We already went over the Gran Turismo stuff, so real quickly here. CD Projekt Red, they're making a video game again. Um, They're going back to The Witcher, which, uh, you know, probably makes sense considering how badly Cyberpunk went. But also considering how badly Cyberpunk went, they're moving away from their proprietary engine. And the new Witcher game is going to be made in Unreal Engine 5 as part of a tech partnership with Epic Games. And you know what? This probably solves a lot of problems for them. Um, Yeah. Because when you're not maintaining your own engine and, like, seeing... And if this is like truly a tech partnership, and they're working together with Epic Games to make this engine work for their open world, uh, presumably open world Witcher game, um, like I, I feel like that offloads a lot of the burden of what makes these games difficult to make.
1: Yeah, definitely. And to, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Like the move to Epic with Unreal Engine Five. Probably, hopefully, should solve some problems for them. Now, there's definitely going to be some getting up to speed because now, instead of working with your own proprietary tech, now you're changing uh, the whole development team over to something completely new. Um, And, you know, I'm sure they'll have to build all new assets, all sorts of stuff like that to get it going. But, you know, Unreal just being a tried-and-true engine, you know, hopefully it's just easier to get that stuff going, and um, hopefully performance-wise that works out for them. I mean, the red engine that they were using for Witcher and Cyberpunk can produce some really cool shit. I mean, A Witcher 3 is gorgeous, and so is Cyberpunk when it's running at its best. Um, so... Yeah, and obviously too this kind of comes at a cost for them cuz now they're going to have to pay Epic some some fees, but you know, yeah. it's probably worth it to hopefully uh just have a more stable engine and also just that that pool of knowledge that some of these, you know, more popular engines have like Unreal or Unity or something like that where there's just a lot of developers using them uh and, and there's just this pool of knowledge that you can you can uh, help solve problems with and everything. So hopefully, I I think overall it's probably a a smart move for sure.
0: Yeah, it probably also like broadens their hiring pool, like the kind of people they can hire because you can like, you can bring in someone who has experience with Unreal Engine and like they'll just, they'll slot right in like a lot easier than bringing someone in and teaching them your, your proprietary engine yeah like it, it probably makes makes that process finding talent a lot easier
1: right yeah uh, proprietary stuff can go It can either go really great or or not at all so for sure and, and this also just kind of seems like a hiring announcement in a way like this game's so fucking far away and in a way I'm, I'm with CD project I'm like uh ah, why'd you even announce it like the long tail of cyberpunk was exhausting and you know, the, you know i don't know i just don't know why they announce it now but
0: i i didn't put it in the news but they said they aren't going to do crunch for the witcher <laughs> which is the same yeah. thing they said about cyberpunk and they lied right. about that so like eh. eh,
1: yeah don't this is just one of those things that you know i love the witcher 3 it's one of my favorite games ever, but I'm definitely going to be uh, just cautious with this and not get overly excited. And I hope everybody can do the same. You know, let's not let's not give this game uh, game of the year awards already, not even knowing what the fuck it is, and definitely not seeing reviews. And you could have said that with Cyberpunk, but you know, reviews seemed pretty fine for that, but they were only reviewing the PC version, you know, and. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Let's just let's just be a little cautious about this. The CD Projekt really needs to uh, needs to win some people back here and prove themselves again. But I think going back to The Witcher is smart. I mean, The Witcher's huge, and uh, there's a lot of really great potential there. And uh, I'm excited to see more of The Witcher. I mean, it's just a fantastic, fantastic, very sad world. I also just wonder where they'll go. With this, story-wise, like, is this going to be beyond the books? Look,
0: video games can go anywhere, man. Yeah. And so, apparently, can Snoop Dogg. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So Snoop Dogg is going to be in Call of Duty Warzone. And if you haven't been paying attention, Warzone is currently, like... They're in their vanguard season, so Snoop Dogg is going back to World War Two, um, and presumably giving us weed guns.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. It, I I encourage everybody to look up some of the screenshots they released of this because it is uh it is quite entertaining. Seeing <laughs> Snoop Snoop Dogg uh, dressed up like he is with a fucking Tommy gun. Like, oh my god,
0: it's just. I might need to start playing Warzone again.
1: Yeah, I mean, good for both of them. I mean, <laughs> it's as good for Snoop Dogg. You're in the, one of the biggest games ever. It's good for Call of Duty to, you know, get a pop with this. There's definitely going to be people that are want to get going to get in on this, but it's just like, what are we doing?
0: What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, Snoop is having is living a blessed life. He got to perform at the Super Bowl. He got mm-hmm. to. He has those. Uh, wh- what is is it Modelo or it's not Modelo? It's a. Uh, Cor- which corona. which beer does he does the Corona commercial? I think I think it's
1: Corona. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Just you know, good for him. He's getting paid.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It is Corona. He is getting paid. I mean, that dude's just living the life. And hopefully, victims of sexual assault at Activision
0: Blizzard are going to get paid because there's another lawsuit, a new, a brand new lawsuit brought against Activision Blizzard. (laughs) Yes. Oh, God. Someone trying to remain anonymous, a Jane Doe, if you will, has accused... Activision Blizzard of sexual harassment and discriminate uh, and discrimination, um, and yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not surprising, not surprising at all.
1: No, so just a couple of the details out of this is um, quote for years Activision's open frat boy environment fostered rampant sexism, harassment, and discrimination with seven hundred reported incidents. Occurring under CEO Robert Kotick's watch, the lawsuit read. Uh, another detail is they they had to stay late at work to participate in a game called Jackbox, where they had to suggest creative answers to different questions, most of which were sexual in nature. Yikes! Yeah. You know we the, the the previous lawsuits that have come out against Activision Blizzard, you know we. Learned a lot that their culture is very fucked up, and has been for a while now, and uh, it's gonna be a hell of a job for Microsoft to fix the culture of this company uh, if that uh, acquisition goes through because it just it just seems completely broken, completely broken. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's not just Activision Blizzard. Um, uh, right. as, as we'll learn here, I, I kind of put this all in a block so we could, we could just talk about it all at once. Um, news came out, uh, earlier, I believe this week that, um, the head of Amazon games, Mike Frazzini or yeah, Mike Frazzini is stepping down. Um, and there are some quotes in here <laughs> that I think are funny and sad, um, I, I'm just going to quote the article, which I guess comes from a report from Bloomberg here. Uh, a report from Bloomberg in 2021 explained numerous challenges under Frizzini through a gross pattern of leadership incompetence, including instances of understaffing projects, ignoring advice from seasoned recruits, and initially hand-waving concerns over New World's racist colonial fantasy imagery. But, you know, it's all Gucci. Amazon, wishing him the best <laughs> as he as he departs. Um, yeah. It really does seem like there are a bunch of fucking assholes who get to be put in charge of video game developers. Definitely. Which yeah. doesn't even just happen at the top with, like, the most moneyed of uh, companies, as we'll see <laughs> with the next couple. Um... Both of these stem out of a video that people make games uh, put out uh, where they, they did some reporting, did some interviews, uh, had conversations with in some independent developers. Um, so there was it, it, it goes over like uh, th- three separate cases here, um, first of which here uh, mountains. Uh, which developed uh, Florence, uh, led by Ken Wong. Ken Wong, uh, just, I mean, you should go check out this video from People Make Games. It sounds like he was a super piece of shit to everybody um, just because he owned the company and uh, he could get away with whatever he wanted to. Um, And... Yeah, they also went back over... uh, Uh, Steve Gaynor's role at uh, Fulbright Um, and then like another big one here Robin Hunicky at uh, Funamina who uh, I believe created they made Wadham was their most recent thing Uh Um, just like three separate examples of oh hey we have this famous visionary slash owner slash like top person in the video games industry leading this uh, independent studio. And in all of these cases it turns out that having that kind of power they just, they were simply not prepared for the responsibilities of being a leader and um, just despite like whatever you think of the games whether you think they're cutesy or quote unquote wholesome um, like the the uh, actual studio environments themselves can be quite toxic and, uh, yeah, it just, it just, it isn't exclusive to the, uh, to the big publishers or game developers, and even with all three of these studios being under Annapurna Interactive, uh, it turns out that, uh, as a publisher they have not really been helpful in dealing with, uh, some of these very toxic personalities at the top of these, uh, these developers that they're working with.
1: Um. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, just because you uh, have had some, some success, you know, leading teams, creating uh, great video games doesn't mean you can uh, just be an asshole. And not treat people with
0: respect. Sure. Yeah, which um, makes me super skeptical of you know how recently a lot of uh, big names have left larger studios and publishers to go create their own independent studios. This makes me a little bit scared about what's going on behind closed doors. There, not making any accusations here, but like, I, it's just it just seems like a bad uh, combination of, hey, this guy had his big break uh at or not even just guys cuz Robin Hunick a, a woman who would frequently talk at like GDC's at conferences about like uh diversity in the in the games industry and then turn around and not uh not actually seem to have those values when they're in charge of their own company like it's yeah I video game industry can be a very bad place <laughs> uh, it's it, it sucks that it is like this and we we should really put the pressure on for them to do better but uh, there's only so much we can do but it, it's good that uh, we have people out here like, like people make games like we have reporting on it now the reporting's a lot better now than it ever has been um but that also comes with its own complications too because they people make games like interviewing people who are no longer with the company um, and then like they, they kind of have to try to be responsible to the people who's, who are still working there uh, who want to make it a better place Like it's it's a whole mess man video game industry is a mess
1: right it is might as well also get to this other story about oh, yes. Moon Studios mm-hmm. Moon Studios the uh, developers behind both ori games um, that that place seems like it has a lot of uh oppressive culture is what is being outlined here um, by the uh the leaders and founders there um, just yeah not that and in that studio too being a remote studio remote studio completely I mean that's kind of a bizarre one um, as well but that one uh, is, is another one that's a little bit more abusive, which it's like, man, what do you, what is going on in some of these studios, dude?
0: Yeah. Like and it's like it's almost like you cannot even say that like it, it's worth it because it, it, it isn't worth it. Like these cultures are not worth it. You can make you can make video games and not be an asshole about it um it's uh it's just really frustrating that it seems like just because you it, it, it almost seems poisoned like a, as often as it happens to be the leader of a video game developer it seems like you're destined to fail the people below you um which is probably uh the case because i I think a lot of uh these heads of studios aren't like natural leaders and haven't taken any sort of leadership class they were just they just happened to be an important part of a video game that hit and then they were suddenly thrust into hey I am in charge of this whole thing now without actually having any real leadership experience or like anything that would like actually qualify them to lead a lead a company
1: all right yeah, it's, you can be, you can be a good leader and be stern in your direction and things like that without being a complete prick about things. Mm. Like, that is completely possible to do. It's just like, in it, it, some of these jokes that you see that are being made at some of these studios, it's like. Yeah, you just don't know everybody to where you can be like, oh, that person's going to be comfortable with this joke, even if you shouldn't be saying it at all. I mean, you just don't know how these things are going to affect people, so let's just not say them at all. Like, those things shouldn't, some of the things that, especially in this Moon Studios article that uh, I encourage everybody to go check out, it's just like, why are you even saying any of this stuff, period? It, none of that belongs belongs in the workplace at all. There's things with people that I work with that I'm like, I don't think you should be saying that, dude. Yeah. You know, I mean, it happens all the time, but I just don't, I just don't get why people say those things or, or feel the need to say them. I'll never understand it personally.
0: Yeah, I mean, just a just a reminder that like this stuff. Hasn't gone away just because it isn't always in the headlines. Like, yeah, eh, yeah. It's, it's frustrating, but this is the world we currently live in. We can try to make it better. We can support these game developers, and you know, try to. Uh, I don't know. I, I I really honestly don't know what we can really physically do, um, other than try to get keep those stories out there hopefully that puts pressure on someone to make the necessary changes totally agree alright well PlayStation has uh, decided that uh, instead of just investing in Haven Studios as they did I believe last year they're just bringing them in all the way Uh, Haven Studios, led by Jade Raymond, uh, is part of the PlayStation Studios now. We don't even know what game they're making. I think it's a multiplayer game. (laughs) Uh, Yep. Maybe this is how they're getting one of their ten live service games.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So, this team is being folded into... PlayStation Studios, it's not no bungee situation. They are going to be making exclusive games for PlayStation. So, uh, yeah, this one's kind of a interesting one. You know, Haven started early last year after uh, Google basically shut down their development uh, plans. Uh, so this studio got started. PlayStation basically immediately signed a deal with them. Uh, which, was kind of a, a weird thing uh just not knowing exactly what this team's going to do but they must like what they see if they are buying them and then also buying them now rather than after they put out a game or two and let's say they're very successful then their price is going to go way up mm. um so maybe maybe this is a smart play we just don't necessarily know until we see what uh, what they're putting out but yeah, I mean it bringing in a team that is going to produce a multiplayer experience I think is, is good for PlayStation because as great as these third person, single player action adventure, story driven games are uh, they need to diversify a little bit and getting multiplayer experiences out there is something that I think will be pretty important for them and I hope this hope this hits. I still think it's going to be a long time uh, before they uh, put this out, but we shall see. And you know, there Jade Raymond is is a person that has her name's always kind of thrown out there. And I'm not saying she hasn't done anything good because obviously she worked on Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs, and uh, like those franchises are super successful. She had a lot of success at Ubisoft, but. Since then, she hasn't done too much. Uh, but I think she was also just not in super stable places, like EA in Google. PlayStation is obviously a lot more stable, and I think PlayStation's just also just trying to lock down a lot of key uh, talent as well, just to have them. And so I think I think it'll work out a lot better for her uh, in we'll actually see uh, her teams put out video games, I'm sure. That'd be nice. I like video games. They should make one. I agree. I agree.
0: Alrighty. Um, Tyler, you want want to talk about this PlayStation 5 update? Do you even know what variable refresh rate is?
1: I personally don't know (laughs) that myself, but I know that's (laughs) something that I've seen people ask for. Uh, I guess that has to do with uh, with monitors and TVs, yeah. It, basically,
0: do, do you know what screen tearing is? Yes, yeah. Okay, I,
1: so th- this is the thing that helps address screen tearing, right? Okay, so yeah, uh, that's coming soon, I believe. But they did put out a new update recently. And we don't have to dive into it too much, but added uh, voice commands. Uh, they did make the whole game base and party. Uh, stuff they made that way easier to access. Um, it is way smoother. I do like it a lot. Um, yeah, and there's just a bunch of other little, little changes there. Uh, tips, all sorts of stuff. So get into it. It's not the the craziest update, but it's still still some nice stuff. I am curious how many people use voice commands on on PlayStation. Genuinely curious about that. I, I always forget it's there. Like it once. I remember I trying it on PS4 because I was like, oh, it's here. And I did it once, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. It worked. And then I never did it again. Yeah. I just don't know who's asking for that, but whatever.
0: Um, private parties, though. Yeah. We can finally have private parties. Yeah. You know, a feature, way... a, a feature that was on PlayStation 4. Yep. they're finally reintroducing
1: and they're way easier to start and access now which is great it's way easier to see what your friends are doing uh they yeah they just basically split up the game base and now should be uh way easier for people and should have been like this from the start so
0: I'm going to rearrange some things here because I kind of wanted to talk about something else last. Uh, so real quick here, let's uh... Suicide? I feel like we talked about one of these Warner games getting
1: uh yeah. delayed. Before. It was this one. So, the yeah, we don't have to talk too much about this one. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has officially been delayed to Spring 2023. This was reported a couple weeks ago but Warner Brothers never 100% said that it was going to happen but now they they have delayed it so uh, by the time this game comes out it will be 8 years since Batman Arkham Knight and Suicide Squad which is really stunning to me uh, that they would take this long to produce mm-hmm. this game not saying that uh I know game development's hard, all that stuff, but man, eight years, eight years. Wow. And I'm, I'm not even going to be, I'm not confident in a spring 2023 date, knowing Rocksteady. I mean, they, they delayed Batman Arkham Knight multiple times after giving it dates. So this game is here when it's here. And I really don't want to talk about it until we get more concrete information.
0: Uh, okay. Tyler, I don't I don't know why you put this Ghostbusters Busters game in there. <laughs> Neither of us are going to play it. Neither no. of us p- really played Friday the 13th or Predator Hunting Grounds. It's another 4v1 asymmetrical multiplayer game. They keep making these games. I'm not sure if they're hitting I don't I really I know. don't know. Like I'm the wrong person to ask, but like kind of just come and go as far as like mainstream goes.
1: Yeah, so this is being developed by Elphonic, who did Friday the 13th and Predator. Um, and yeah, it's a 4v1 asymmetrical multiplayer game coming to PS5 and Q4 of 2022. Uh, I think you get, basically, uh, it sounds like someone plays a ghost, and then the other ones are the Ghostbusters themselves. Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson are doing some voices in this, which is cool, uh, but... Yeah. I don't know who's asking for this. And and what kind of bums me out, I'm not saying multiplayer can't be done, but it would be really cool to see other things done with some of these properties rather than these 4v1 multiplayer experiences because uh, 4v1 asymmetrical multiplayer is like so 2015 and that didn't last very long. And I don't think these games hit the way that They want them to. Uh, So, I don't know. And it's also Ghostbusters. I mean, yeah, Ghostbusters just had a new movie, but it's also just not a... It's not a... IP that many people are asking for new stuff from all the time. Um, And to be honest with you, I think Ghostbusters has one good movie in that whole franchise, and that's it. Kind of like The Matrix. Hey, fuck off! And, uh, yeah... Fuck off. Hey, I I I think the Matrix is a bad IP that has an amazing first movie. That's that's my hot take. Super hot take, I know. But All right, so, well, you, you uh, a matrix you... guy? Do you like those other movies?
0: I'm not talking to you about the Matrix. Okay, alright, alright. That's fine. I will talk about Apex though. Because I like Apex. Yeah. Uh, there's a big leak. Big leak. Huge leak.
1: Better clean up that leak, man.
0: Very leaky. Get the mop out. Uh, they revealed, like, a lot of, what, nine new heroes? (laughs) Some more weapons, like, new weapons. It's, like, this is, like, this isn't just a leak, man. They they busted a pipe. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um...
1: Yeah, I don't want to look at this anymore, actually, because I don't want to know, but the information's (laughs) out there. Um, Yeah, we don't have to go too deep into it for people that might not want to know, but yeah, nine new characters have leaked, new modes, uh, skins, abilities, all sorts of stuff leaked for this game. And I mean, I guess the good news out of this is Apex is going to be getting support for a very long time. And I don't think anyone expected it not to, but, I mean, they have a lot of content in the pipeline for this game. So if you're big into Apex, you're probably happy. Yeah. Yeah. When are they going to get a a native PS5 version that came out? Like, they haven't done that yet, have they? Not that it's like a rush, I just would have thought that they would have had that out by now.
0: Yeah, but you also would have thought they'd have a mobile version out by now too, right? Yeah, true,
1: true. Yeah, these uh, battle royals do pretty good on uh, mobile if you do it right. Speaking of battle royals, did you see that Fortnite took the building out? Yep. Yep. Uh huh. Uh huh. I was like, what the fuck? It's, like, the one thing that makes that, like, incredibly unique. Like, what is that game now? It's, well, what Uh, has it been? It's, like, God. Yeah, I I saw that. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah,
0: when you take the building out of Fortnite, you kind of realize how uh, actually bad the
1: shooting in that game is. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, Uh, That blew my fucking mind, reading that, dude.
0: But then again, like, Fortnite's so big, like, some people don't even play it for for the Battle Royale. Like, there's fishing in that game now. Some people just drop in and fish and fuck around for a little bit before actually playing the game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, speaking of big multiplayer video games, GTA Online has a subscription service. Um, uh, It's... Yeah, it's starting March 29th, $6 a month. Uh, You get monthly cash directly deposited uh, and other benefits as well. Uh, It's, yeah. um, I'm surprised they didn't do this earlier.
1: Yeah. I really am. I agree.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, this just makes sense. Not that I think it's a good thing, but it makes sense for them to do this.
1: Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was going to say. I, I can't fault them for doing this because they're going to make a lot of money off of this uh, no, because how popular GTA Online is, how many people just play it consistently and hang out with their friends, and it's like what they do. Um, and so I think they'll get a lot of success out of this. I just don't like it because of where it could go. Uh, it's the same reason why I didn't like, uh, what's it called, Fallout First for mm. Fallout 76. It's like, I don't want to be paying $60, $70 for video games, and they have microtransactions on top of them, and season passes on top of that, and s- subscription services, like, yeah, ew, it starts to get a little icky, and I, I just don't like where it could go if other publishers and developers see how successful this can be for them, but I'm not it doesn't make sense for a game like GTA Online at all. Yeah. Like, it, it, it is honestly smart, and I don't play GTA Online uh, a lot, so I don't know if, like, it's worth it at $6 a month for all the stuff you'll get every month, but, Yeah. That game in this franchise already makes a ton of money and it's just gonna make them even more yeah how much money in raw profit has Rockstar made from GTA 5 since its launch in 2013 based off of all their sales all their microtransactions from GTA online like I just want to know it's got to be in the billions. For sure,
0: I don't know. I, I, I mean, when you say profits, you gotta like
1: understand that they're still paying people to work on that game too. So they are, yeah. Maybe 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 not billions, but definitely in, in the hundreds of millions. I I gotta think. Yeah.
0: Ah, okay. Lastly, here we may have some something to look forward to this week, uh, according to this Bloomberg report playstation might be ready to unveil spartacus yes and if this bloomberg report is to believed it is uh it's it's a bad xbox game pass <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we kind of talked about the tears uh, a couple weeks ago when that kind of leaked out um we're not getting we're not getting God of War Ragnarok on it. <laughs> no, that's the one thing that they're definitely not doing. I'm really curious. I'm very curious about this. Um, yeah, I'm curious of pricing. I'm curious of what is that lineup of games, and just ultimately how how much is Sony going all in on the service? Do they want to truly compete with Xbox Game Pass with this, or is this just Something they're doing. Uh, I'm just overall very curious where this will go. And uh, it's probably going to be revealed through a fucking Wired article.
0: Oh, most definitely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or if a PlayStation it, blog ba- post, but one of the less, two.
0: If it is less than optimal news, if it does not give them the PR boost that they that they uh, would like to be public... They're definitely going with a Wired article.
1: Yeah. They're going to hide behind
0: a paywall. <laughs> and, yeah. Are, are Wired... Uh, I forget. Is Wired a paid service?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to say it is.
0: I never read Wired. I always yeah. I, I just read what other, other uh, websites write about the Wired reports. Um, right.
1: Yeah. It, it is a subscription-based yeah. thing. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, God.
1: Yeah, I just don't expect Sony to be like, hey, we're doing a state of play, and it's all about Spartacus, and uh, all that stuff. I just don't see them doing that.
0: No. Because the optics of, like, putting what, what if the rumors are true, putting what this is up against uh, Game Pass, just, that doesn't look good. Right. So you don't you don't make it as public as possible. Uh, right. You just quietly replace PlayStation Plus subscriptions with whatever this is, and hope nobody notices, or they only notice the good things, and then don't notice that it's supposed to be competing with something. Uh, right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious. I want to see what's on there. I want to see how far back they go with backwards compatibility and what they choose to allow. Yeah. Uh, I want to play I want to play Gran Turismo 2. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. Yeah. I I'm curious on that as well. Although I just don't like the idea of having to pay for backwards compatibility. No.
0: But it's Sony we're talking about, um, and I think we're we're just about done talking for today, uh, about video games at least. Uh, you can stick around after the end of the podcast here, we're going to put up some F1 talk, and uh, it'll be a good time, so if you're interested in that, stick around, but before we get to that, I have to end the what is traditionally known as the show uh, with a few things. Uh, one thing I need to tell you to do... Because God damn it, not enough of you people are doing it. you got to rate and review us on your podcast oh, yeah. app. give us those give us as many stars as they allow and more if you can find a way to hack the system. Oh, we yeah. encourage cheating to get us on the algorithm. Share us with your friends share us with strangers share us with uh, I don't know anyone anyone. Just share the podcast with as many people as you think would like to uh, listen to a podcast about video games and occasionally racing. Uh, Send us questions via email at playstationreportpodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter at psreportpodcast. You can find me at TheArcticSloth. You can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at PluggedOnVids. Until next time, be good to each other, play your video games, and all right it's time to talk about f1 let's do it i guess the first thing we should talk about is the first race bot rain very entertaining race a very entertaining start to the season
1: yeah it uh turns out these cars uh can uh actually follow each other a lot closer and that has created some very entertaining racing, I think, so far. Yeah.
0: Um, I, don't, I don't have any notes from Bob Rain. I, I think I, I'm going to have to start taking notes. Because <laughs> there's so much happening now that the cars can actually race each other.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and we'll get into a little bit more with today's race in Saudi Arabia. But uh, I am just all for a Max Verstappen-Charles Leclerc championship battle. Those two fighting each other on track has just been so much fun to watch, Um, and and those were some fantastic moments in Bahrain, and uh, I did feel a little bit for Red Bull at the end uh, because they were very comfortably in second and fourth, I think it was, until both their cars failed with the same problem, Uh, that's probably going to very much bite them because I think it is so exciting how how good Ferrari is. I think it's just overall good for F1 when Ferrari is really strong.
0: Ferrari either has to be good or they have to be comically bad. Yeah,
1: basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. It they are there's no in between with with Ferrari. It really isn't. And yeah, that they look very fucking good. Oh yeah. They have I mean they already have a 40 40 point lead in the constructors championship yeah. which is crazy um yeah i mean that first race was very entertaining
0: tyler i have to say i don't feel bad for red bull and yeah part of this is because it was so predictable when you when you see red bull taking over the Honda, honda's engine program you could see this coming
1: Yeah, you (laughs) You can, for sure.
0: You could definitely see some sort of reliability problem coming up, because Red Bull, while they have retained some of the talent from Honda, Red Bull might not know what it actually takes to build a good engine. Maybe,
1: but I have read that they have actually stolen a lot of people away from, like, Mercedes and stuff uh, to run their engine department, so... I think there's definitely capable people there, but uh, yeah, this was kind of bound to happen. And I wonder, because I've been watching with F1 TV just some older races. Uh, I've been watching some races in the 2010 season, which was a pretty tight championship battle. And the opening races of that season, Red Bull were so dominant, but reliability crushed them and yeah Sebastian Vettel and I think Red Bull still went on to win both championships but uh I wonder if that's going to maybe be the case this year with mm-hmm. Red Bull or like they're going to have a really quick car but reliability might kill their championship uh, hopes who knows yeah cuz Ferrari just not only do they seem quick it just seems like they they kind of have no issues either right? Yeah. They- and they're just so stable and that car is great.
0: Yeah, it seems like if anything uh Ferrari like if Ferrari come up short it's probably because they made a wrong call in their setup. Like yeah. it, it it there it isn't something wrong with the car, it just seems like and I I think that's we'll get to it today. I think that's what happened today. They might have just like they might have borked the setup a little bit. Um but yeah, yeah. I mean
1: it seems like from what they were saying, I think Charles Leclerc was saying they they set up their car to be good through the slower and medium corners, but that killed them down the straights whereas Red Bull was the opposite. Yeah. And that kind of cost them just cuz of how how much you are on the gas in Jeddah.
0: Yeah, let's uh let's let's wrap up Bob Rain here real quick. Um like, we had those failures, but um, despite not having maybe the car that they were hoping to have, Mercedes still sticking around to sweep up the points at the end, yeah, like they might not be in the race like for in the constructors uh championship, but they're I think they're solidly probably the third best car in the grid,
1: definitely, yeah.
0: It isn't like yeah. a couple of years ago when Ferrari was like, oh, now they're down with the mid pack teams.
1: Right. Yeah, it seems like it's Ferrari and Red Bull, then a gap to Mercedes, then a gap to probably Haas, Alpine, and Alfa Romeo. Yeah. And then a gap from them down to Williams, McLaren, which is stunning. Yeah. And uh, Aston Martin. Like, McLaren qualifying, man, I forget what they qualified like twelfth and eighteenth at Bahrain. That was just stunning. How they, how far they had fallen. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, at one point Mercedes in that race was something like thirty-five seconds off the pace. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> even though they might have maybe like the third best car, they they still have some work to do. As evident, very much in a. Jetta
0: yeah uh, I, I just want to say happy for Gunther Steiner he, oh yeah he, he stuck around with a really bad team happy for Kevin Magnuson who raced in that bad team for many years yep. to come back to a decent race car and it seems like they're going to have an okay season
1: yeah I think so I think so just in that opening race alone, they scored more points than they did the last two seasons put together. So, yeah, it seems like they, they have a very good car.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I guess now to talk about the F1 hostage crisis. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Saudi Arabian F1 hostage crisis is what I will always refer to this race as this, this whole race weekend. Um, fucking scary as shit.
1: Oh, absolutely. Basically, uh, a, an oil facility got hit with a missile about not just any, seven, seven miles, I think it was, away from the track.
0: Not just any oil facility, Tyler. This was an Aramco facility. Right. Right. And In if a... you look at any F1 track, look at how many of those sponsored banners are Aramco. Right. Uh, Yeah, you can understand why people might have been hesitant to continue that race weekend.
1: Yeah, definitely. So there was a a meeting with all the drivers and it sounded like they were all unanimously against racing this race, but then team principals and upper management, I guess, convinced them. And it sounded like, Basically, they wouldn't be able to go home if they didn't race.
0: Yeah, so they were looking to avoid the situation that the WWE happened a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, you remember that? I remember hearing about it, yeah. So, yeah, um, what, ha- what happened is that Vince McMahon had all his wrestlers on a plane ready to leave because they weren't going to do the show. And uh, they pretty much grounded that aircraft until, uh, until they got out and uh, did the show anyway. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And you could tell after, like, today with some of the interviews that the drivers know that they shouldn't say anything probably until they're home. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they didn't have very much to say. And, uh, yeah. But I think Lewis Hamilton was like, I'm just ready to go home. Like, I was... They were asking him about his car. And he's like... I almost don't even give a shit. I just want to get out of this place. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. scary. It's it's super scary. It's very... It's just fucked up that F1 ties themselves to some of these countries.
0: Yeah, and, and like, look, it's very hypocritical, too, because they're, like, they do this whole photo op with uh, No War or whatever about the war in Ukraine. Meanwhile, they race in Saudi Arabia, who has been... Uh, who has been uh, blockading and starving and bombing Yemen for years now. Yeah. And, like, it, it's, j- yeah, it's just extremely hypocritical, and, like, th- like they really don't have a leg to stand on. Like, when you do a deal with someone like the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, like, you, can- you cannot pretend that you have any sort of moral high ground.
1: Yeah, definitely, and it's not that it's just Saudi Arabia on the on, that's on the calendar. I mean, every country has problems, but some way more than others. And it's just, it, yeah, it, it, I agree. It it's very, very hypocritical of F one to have that message.
0: Yeah, and like when they race here, I mean, it, I mean and it's not just racing; like it happens across all sport. Like, the, his, yeah. It's it's going to happen with the World Cup this year. They're it's basically going to, going to they're going to try to uh, wash over the fact that they pretty much use slave labor to build all of their stadiums in Qatar for the World yep. Cup. Um, Maybe not yeah. literally slave labor, but they were withholding visa- they were withholding passports and people couldn't leave until they finished their work. And people died. There are probably skeletons buried underneath those stadiums.
1: Um, yeah, and it's and it's just It sucks that Too, like these Middle Eastern countries uh, Pay so much money To have these races Like, that's part of the re- That's the reason main reason why yeah. F1's even in Saudi Arabia Because they pay so much money more than others And I'm not even saying that Formula 1 shouldn't Race at all in the Middle East at all Like But there's a line, I think For sure And you can't have the messaging that you have when you are racing in a country that is actively basically at war Yeah.
0: Uh, and on fun. top of this, this the street circuit in Jeddah is awful it's a terrible circuit it's yeah. a bad track we're lucky that these cars can follow so closely together so that we had entertaining racing um, but it's a bad track it yeah. should not be certified as an F1 track it is not safe
1: There's definitely things about it that I think need to be changed, and I wonder, and I hope, that the drivers really, really speak up about it. Uh, I thought the race today was fairly entertaining, and I thought it was going to be way more of a shit show. Uh, I thought there was going to be way more, uh, like, red flags and stuff like there was last year, but, uh, like, basically, if you watch qualifying, Mick Schumacher had an awful fucking crash like one of the worst crashes i think i've seen and where he just lost it at a very very high speed corner where they're going like i don't know what 170 or something like that lost it slammed into the barriers and uh he they lifted him out of the car and he's luckily okay uh but he didn't race at all today um you know they also just didn't even want to fix the car in time because it could have compromised them for australia but there's things like that, like at these corners, they're, they're just blind spots. There's these kind of weird sausage curbs that, you know, if you lose the car, the curb itself will really affect you. Um, it's just, it's way too like curvy and it's unnecessarily too na- like, to me. It's, it's, it's too, too narrow. It's too narrow.
0: Like right. uh, when there is an incident, there isn't really a safe way to clean it up. Like... There was, like, it wasn't a crash, but there was a mechanical failure, like, right along the start-finish straight, like, at pit entrance, and you had, like, under, like, it was a virtual safety car, so they were only going 40% speed, but 40% speed is still pretty fucking fast in an F1 car, Yeah. and they had people on the track pushing these cars back into the pit entrance, like, and on, like, probably the most narrow track outside of uh, Monaco, Yeah. like, it's... That shit is dangerous. Like, and they had cars driving past a crane that was on the track. Like, it's like,
1: it is yeah, not I was
0: good. Like, if it weren't for the money, there is no fucking way in hell that this track is would be approved for a Formula One race. It just does not meet any of the safety standards that you see other tracks scrutinized for.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. It. it... It, it has, like, no runoff area either. Like, if you look at Baku, for example, in Azerbaijan, like, there's runoff areas all over the place on that track. Yeah. Because it's a street circuit, and you need that shit. And in this one, I just don't understand how there's, like, no runoff areas. Like, it's it just kind of blows my mind that, from a safety perspective, the FIA approved this track it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's fucked. I, uh, I'm really curious what comes of the whole situation with everything about this. The track, the, the country itself, (laughs) like, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. But, I mean, to the race itself, I thought it was a pretty entertaining race. I, I, I do think the, the thrill of the chase on this track, though, can be pretty entertaining to watch. Uh, like, Max Hunt and Charles down I thought was was really fun to watch. Uh it, it, yeah, and overall, I mean, I I'm, I'm just down for for this championship battle between those two. I mean, they uh they race hard but fair. But I'm curious how long that'll last. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I felt like last season Max and Lewis they raced hard but fair and then it just became a fucking disaster towards the end of the season. So, you know, if the championship battle's super tight as we go through like it was last year, I'm just I hope uh hope it doesn't become a fucking MMA match like last year. Yeah. But I also think that the stewarding and all that stuff is so far way better this year, and I think they would shut that shit down very fast.
0: Mm. Yeah, I don't know, we have a very very small sample size so far. So, so far, I, yeah, yeah it's... correct,
1: but, like, it, it was nice to see in Bahrain a safety car procedure actually go through like it should. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, that was nice to see.
0: Yeah, but then again, that's the thing that's prob- that was probably in the spotlight, because they literally just changed the rule.
1: Yeah. They changed the wording of the rule yes. by one word.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that it so that it cannot be misinterpreted yeah right
1: i thought i don't know if you read that full report that the fia put out oh, about God. the investigation i thought that was weak as shit i i couldn't believe some of those things in in that report and i was like are you fucking kidding me like this is all that came out of that i i really encourage anyone who's interested to read the fia's full breakdown that they uh, put out of the Abu Dhabi race last year, and everything that went wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I mean, F one, terribly frustrating at times. But Absolutely, it. This year, it seems like there's going to be some good racing. I can't wait to actually see these cars on a good tr- on on good tracks throughout this year.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I like Bahrain. Like, I, I think that's a pretty solid track. But you know, coming up, Albert Park's a pretty good one, and. I'm really curious on that. It'll be nice to get back to Australia. But, yeah, some of those other tracks, um, Brazil, Suzuka, like, Yeah, man, like I'm, I'm curious, totally down.
0: Like, I'm curious, Like now that the cars can follow each other, what races like through the S's in Suzuka or on Coda look like now that they yeah. can actually follow each other.
1: Definitely, definitely. I do think, though, that Monaco is going to be worse than ever. Because these cars are so different heavy. through slower corners, because yeah, because they're heavy. That I think that's just going to be a complete clusterfuck. So I'm not looking forward to that one, but yeah, there's there's definitely some some tracks that I'm very interested in. Um, yeah. Canada is one that I'm curious about. That could be a really fun one. Um, you know, I think about like Monza as well. Yeah. Where that one, you know, cars very much get stuck in like DRS trains. I just wonder if they're able to follow close more closely if that uh breaks that up at all. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm excited. It seems like these cars are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh think Formula One probably you know breathe a, a sigh of relief. When they saw, like, oh, yeah, these cars actually do work <laughs> mm-hmm. with, with how uh, we intended them to work. Because, I, like, like I said, I've been watching some of the older races from 2010. Dude, there was no passing at all in some of these races. Like, it was bad. Like, cars would just get completely stuck behind one another. And uh, you, you're just stuck there, like, the whole race. Because they didn't even have DRS in 2010, either. And so, unless the car in front of you made a major mistake, it's going to be very hard to pass. Like, if you're on the same tire, and tire wear, all that stuff. So, yeah, I, th- I think just with DRS and then the cars being able to follow more closely, I think we're going to get some good racing. Yeah. I think Seb's happy that it was sick for this one. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably.
0: look. That mid-season retirement might come earlier than, than I even predicted.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I know we <laughs> joked about that, but seeing how bad the Aston Martin is this year, I'm like, yo, he's he isn't going to be happy about that at all. You know, I just can't see Seb being satisfied running in the back and scoring no points at all every race. No way.
0: Nico, you can just take it, Nico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, definitely. Yeah. We've got a, what, we've got a week break and then Australia?
1: Yep. Yep. Awesome. Australia, then uh, Imola, and then uh, Miami.
0: Ooh. All right.
1: Miami. The parking yep. lot race. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious on that one and uh hasn't been formally announced yet but pretty big rumors are pointing towards uh a Las Vegas race Thanksgiving oh, no. weekend I've, next seen year. Mock-up. I've seen the mock
0: up I've seen the mock up of what that track is no let's
1: not do that I've not not seen the mock up What's it's do you know what's supposed to be it know... looks like
0: it looks like a fucking rectangle
1: okay i know they're trying to race down the strip aren't they yeah yeah From a spectacle perspective, I think that could be a fucking awesome race. But, obviously, you need the track to go along with it. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But three, potentially three races in the U.S. now.
0: Yeah. And none of them on Laguna Seca. Just a real shame. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) but there what i what I think sucks is in in f in saudi arabia 's an example of this is f one recently has been very much following the money uh-huh. and there's a lot of money in the Las Vegas race yeah and there's been a lot of rumors that some of the classic tracks might get dropped, and one of them they 're talking about is spa no and i'm like, no, you cannot drop spa there's there's a couple of incredibly iconic tracks in Formula 1 that you literally can't drop. It's Spa, uh, Monza, Silverstone, probably Su- Suzuka, uh, Interlagos in Brazil, Monaco, even though the race always kind of sucks. Like, there's a couple of those tracks that you just literally can't drop. And I, hearing that they want to drop Spa, potentially, I'm like, no, dude, no. No, it's such a good track. It
0: sucks. I will quit watching this sport. If they drop Spa and then drive on the Vegas Oval, that tiny Vegas Oval, (laughs) I will stop watching this sport.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm okay. Let's drop France. I'm all right with that. You know, but I also just don't know what else. Because also in 2023, uh, Qatar is going to join the calendar full time. Because they signed some deal there. And that might be another street race Because I think it's kind of up in the air Whether they'll race at Losail That they raced at last year I-, I thought it's They might do another street race In a, Oh, what's the capital of Qatar? Dohar? Is that it? I forget, but either way It might be another street race There too, and I'm like, dude You can't drop all these Classic tracks and do nothing but street races Like, fucking come on I like the variety, you know what I mean? Because if if they did another street race, then we have street races in Saudi Arabia, in uh, what, Azerbaijan, in um, Monaco, Singapore, Las Vegas, Miami, Qatar. (laughs) It's like, dude, no. There's a reason we have racetracks. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And also, street races kind of suck for anyone who lives in, lives in those cities that actually have to do things. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. All right, yeah. We'll I see. Think, but I think, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I think that's good... where we're gonna have to we're gonna have to leave it until Australia, man. I'm 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 excited. Yeah, it's been, for it's us. Been a
1: while. Yeah, it has been for us. That race is on at one in the morning on Sunday.
0: You know, I work nights. That night,
1: there you go. So,
0: yeah, that's perfect (laughs) for me because one in the morning (laughs) is about when I start struggling a little bit. Yeah. Uh, So if I have a race to watch while while I'm definitely working, Um,
1: (laughs) great. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna do what I can to stay up. Why not?